our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Hello and welcome to episode 213 of the Red Box Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays, DVDs, and sometimes video games for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan, and with me, as always, is Casey Brady. This week, we are going to take a look at Free Fire, a shootout movie where a group of people are doing a guns deal or uh, arms deal that goes severely wrong and what ensues is a gigantic shootout this is directed by ben wheatley starring brie larson charlotte copley army hammer jack rayner cillian murphy and michael smiley we will also take a look at our top five shootouts throughout cinema history. I really what else we watched <laughs> and our last points. Yes, and I, I just I really don't know the correlation between our top five and the movie, but we had to pick something. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, we're back better than ever. We haven't missed a week in a long time. Proud of us for that. But free fire. Is a movie that you already, Hell, it is. that you already described, directed by Ben Wheatley, as you said, who directed one of our favorites, Kill List, when which we reviewed on a film club a few years back, as well as High Rise, Sightseers, some other movies that never quite lived up to uh, the expectations he set on that first movie of his that we saw. But yeah. were you looking forward to this? It had a sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I've heard I heard some decent things about it. Did you have any uh, level of expectation? I really didn't know much about it, but when I did see the poster for it, uh, when I first looked it up, I thought, wow, this could actually be good. I mean, it's just simply um, the characters kind of pointing guns at each other in a very artistic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, when I, back in my heyday, uh, when I was really into... To watching 14, 15 movies a week at some points. Uh, I would base my picks a lot of times based off posters, uh, and uh, you can tell a lot from a movie based upon the poster. Um, and so this kind of told me it might be really good. Yeah, I've no, I'm, I know what you mean. Posters, they are interesting. Like sometimes, though, a great poster can just be a great poster. It could, yeah, it, just like a trailer. It, it really there's not a gigantic strong correlation, um, but sometimes it can lead you in the right direction because if they're willing to put that much time and effort into creating a great poster, then possibly they've put in the great or the, the amount of time needed for a great movie. And honestly, a great poster, much like a trailer, can give you an idea of what you're in for without spoiling anything. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say I was looking forward to the movie. Like like I said, we loved Kill List. I mean, it's definitely in my top 100 movies of all time. Um, but also, I have seen his other movies, and none of them have really quite lived up, to, not even close to those expectations. And 
and that kind of had had me uh, a little bit dampened with my expectations here. I was just hoping for a good, fun shootout movie. I, I mean, I like the premise. I like this one location, just like an hour and a half shootout movie. It just sounded like there were some interesting things that could be done. So, did you, did you know going in beforehand that it was a one location? movie yeah i was pretty sure i think it played at one of the film festivals earlier in the year so a lot of critics had seen it and talked about it on the podcast i listened to and then it obviously it came out in the spring so yeah i I was pretty sure it was going to be all one location I, i knew the premise was basically just you know the whole movie is just one big shootout which i was interested to see how they would pull that off Wow. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea, and um, I don't know if you remember too much about my tastes, but single-location films are probably my favorite genre. Nice. Um, so when I kind of realized, I, I, I initially realized it when I looked at the time, because um, single-location films are usually a lot shorter than the average, especially nowadays. Because this movie has a runtime of, like, I think, um, 87 minutes, which is very short nowadays. Right, yep. Um, I kind of realized it was going to be that. I, I, I got a little bit happy. Yeah, I do I do like short movies as well. I mean, don't get not me so wrong. Much, it's not so much about the runtime. That's just kind of uh, what happens with single location films because – That's true. It, it, they, they wear out their welcome if once they go past two hours usually. Yeah, and sometimes even sooner, even when they're short. But yeah, just in general, I I like short movies. When I see a movie's runtime is kind of short, it makes me happy just because hey, maybe I can fit two movies in at the tonight instead of just one. Even I mean, I like long movies too, but it has to be done well. See, I'm for me, I'm kind of the opposite. I usually love a long film. Uh, because if I'm going to get into it, I want it to last forever. It's like a book. I'd rather it be 5,000 pages than 200, you know? Yeah. Though I would never read, what is it, A War and Peace? Isn't that (laughs) like almost a 5,000 page book? Yeah, something like that. But yeah, that's true too. Like, if it's a great movie, yeah, I want it to last forever. But if it, the worst is like a mediocre summer blockbuster, like, I don't know a movie I might talk about later that is just like almost two and a half hours long and just completely middle of the road. Mm. That's my least favorite kind of movie. But yeah, I would say overall, I thought this movie was okay. I thought it was just okay. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I would say it is a very mediocre film. Uh, they, the director, Mr. Wheatley, really does try um, to do different things with it and spice it up. Uh, in some cases, it works. some cases, it doesn't. It never amazes, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it, it is enjoying. Like, I, it, it, uh, I enjoyed it uh, at some parts. Yeah, I agree. Um, overall, let's just – it's kind of like one of these movies with – a bunch of distinguishable characters, right? Like, I, I will say I never really got invested in any of the characters, but maybe we could just go through one by one, see what you thought, at least of the main guys. 
Um, all right. Yeah, we can do that. And I, I, that is something I did want to point out. Like when the movie starts out, uh, it's a little bit confusing. What's in my opinion it was a little bit confusing exactly what's happening. Uh, the setting was kind of um, indistinguishable in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's hard to kind of set up what, what's exactly happening for the first couple of minutes. But what is glaringly obvious is that each character is very distinguishable from one another. Um, and that, that's something that a lot of times happens right away in these single location films. Uh, actually, no, not, not so much in the single location films, but in short films like this, that they just kind of like hammer you with characterization right away. That way you immediately get to know the characters' personalities um, so it doesn't have to waste time throughout the film. Yeah, showing that, and it makes sense. I kind of like that. It's, at least here, that was one of the aspects I liked. Like, I never was invested in these people, and I also agree that like, I'm like, not exactly sure what's going on when the movie first started. It took me a minute to really figure it out, even though it's not that complicated. Uh, yeah, you find out it's very simple. Yeah, but yeah, these are basically caricatures. But because of the tone of the movie, it kind of works. Like, it's almost like a live-action cartoon, in a way. Yes, yeah. And that's what most people need to realize when watching this. And I feel like a lot of moviegoers kind of take every movie just for, like, face value. Uh, But with this kind of film, you can't. It is kind of like a live-action cartoon where you can't take it that seriously. Um, I mean, just their accents alone were so, like, (laughs) laughable. Um, but yeah, the, the, each character is very unique, uh, and very outlandish. Oh, and I guess we should say it's like a seventies period piece basically, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is around seventies, which uh, it's not really important at all, but it lets them use that style and, and again, fits the character caricatures a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, so how about the main chick, Brie Larson? I would say she's pretty much the, your main character for the most part. Uh, what did you think of her? Would you say she's – I see, it's I, – I wouldn't say she's the main character. I feel like there's almost no main character, but if you were going to pick one, it would have to be Cillian Murphy. Hmm. Uh, he seemed more of the main character because uh, he was the main one buying the guns. Uh, and this True. is, as I did say, this is an arms deal that goes wrong. Um, and you can kind of maybe understand some of the things that are possibly happening uh, or why they're going to happen. Uh, because you have uh, a whole bunch of Irish characters and then um, some British and American characters mixed in. But I wouldn't say Brie Larson is the main. I did like her, though. I, I thought she did very, very well. Um, but, I mean, she didn't have much screen time. Um, there is one part that you forget about her, at least I forgot about her, and it's for a reason that she kind of just goes away without being heard from for a while um, and then reappears. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, Cillian Murphy, at least on screen time and maybe closest to the center of the plot could be your main character, but... For me, she was clearly the person you're rooting for the most the whole way through. At least that's how it, it uh, came across to me. Did you? Were you rooting for her? Yeah, I was. She was the. If this was a Hunger Games situation, she would be my Katniss. 
Really? And not just because she's a girl, but I don't know. I just liked her character. I just like Brie Larson in general. I think she's a great actress, and I thought her and pretty much everyone actually did a really good job here. Yeah, yeah, they all played their characters the way they should have been played, I think. Um, My only complaint was I would probably wish there was more of her in here. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I do, like I said, I do think there was there is a, a reason purpose. why, yeah. uh, and it was very intentional. Uh, but when it comes to, like, Cillian Murphy, though, I thought he did a, a fantastic job playing this, this kind of, he wasn't stoic, but he was this very, um, calm character. Out of all the other people, he was calm and most realistic in the way he was, uh, acting, um, and I, I just thought he was uh, a very, very solid character. Yeah, he was good. I actually took me a little bit before I realized it was him, um, for whatever reason. I mean, after a while, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, Cillian Murphy. But yeah, he did a good job. I just his character was one of the duller ones for me, which again, probably intentional because he is like your avatar into the movie in a way. Yeah, it's a nice contrast between him being. I wouldn't say he's bland. I, I, if you Just put him in a couple other films, he's a normal character. Comparatively. Um, yes, yes, exactly. It's that contrasting of every other character besides probably Brie Larson. Brie Larson's pretty um, kind of normal as well. Uh, but, like, everyone else is just so outlandish that it was a, a very nice contrast, I thought. Yes, agreed. Uh, all right, let's get to some of these more outlandish people like Charlotte Copley, who is always outlandish and eccentric in seemingly every one of his movie roles. He is yes. the main character from District 9 and Elysium, the bad guy in that, and a, a lot of things. But uh, he actually, I thought, worked really well. Like I said earlier, that this was basically a live-action cartoon and his character and maybe Army Hammer is really signified at the most. And it just worked here, whereas he's kind of like this in all of his movies, and it seems off-putting sometimes. Here, it actually fit. I thought he was maybe the funniest character. Yeah, I mean, he, it's still his character was still kind of off-putting, but in a good way. I mean, it was a character that you hate, um, was annoying the entire film, and you just wanted to punch him and hoped he died right away. But he fit perfectly in this yes. film. It is that... like that characterization that makes this movie what it is. Um, and he did a great job. And he had my favorite line, definitely, when he said, Vernon learn, baby. Vernon learn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And actually, there, while this movie I don't think is as funny as it wants to be, or really needs to be, to be completely successful, I did laugh a few times. I thought there was some funny uh, lines and moments overall. See that's that's one of the the things that did fall very flat with me. I don't I didn't laugh really at all, um, and I could tell that it was trying to be right. a little bit more comedic. Um, but the jokes fell pretty flat. Yeah, but Army Hammer I thought was him and Shelter Copley were the stars at least comedically. I mean, even just Army Hammer, he's so full of himself, and he he plays it off. I. Just a visual gag of him, like, turning his gun sideways and just firing it off as fast as he can. 
Like, I thought that was funny, actually. But... Yeah. Though, yeah, I think Army Hammer was by far the best. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, as you said, his character is very full of himself. Um, he, he borders he, he borders on being normal and being a caricature. Um, and he does it so extremely well. It Like, it's fantastic. He, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't probably laugh at any of his lines uh, but I did smirk a lot yeah, at exactly. what he was doing. Um, he was by far my favorite character me too, in the me film. Too. I was he was the person I was rooting for, and I'm not the biggest fan of Army Hammer, but I really, really enjoyed him in this film. Yeah, I think he's. I was never that big a fan of him either. Like I liked him in the Social Network, but then there were some other things where he just seemed kind of bland. But lately, he's had a few roles where I'm like, this guy is actually a pretty good actor. If they uh, if he gets a good script under him and is given a chance to to show it, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he could do in the future. But I agree, his character yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, he shined. Um, especially if you get the film, if you get what it was going for, even if it wasn't successful, if you get it, he is by far the star of the film. I agree. Uh, like I said, Brie Larson, I think is who I was rooting for. Like I didn't care if he. I knew he just. I don't want to do spoilers, but uh, I I liked him. He was my favorite character, but I, he wasn't the guy I'm like invested in surviving or anything like that. Oh, I I was because at first I kind of like fell for it. I was thinking, man, maybe he is like you know this awesome like <laughs> gun Bond. player. You know, like he's just gonna go around and just murder them all in amazing ways, <laughs> and that's kind of gonna be the the end. Um, but like, so I fell for it because really he's not like, he's, <laughs> he's not that good. I mean, he's <laughs> no. just like any normal person or anyone else in the film. He just shoots a lot, uh, misses a, a decent amount, but he thinks he's good. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I, I love that you point out that the one time where he does fire his gun real fast because <laughs> in his mind, he like, yeah. like his character in his mind believes that he's doing like, doing what he should be doing yeah it's like <laughs> it's out of like uh into the loop or something like you just know in his like if you if he had the movie of what he thinks he looks like versus what he actually looks like and the disparity between those yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but let's move on to michael smiley who is also he's like a ben wheatley favorite um he's the british guy here he's pretty Drawl, but on purpose. I feel like I feel like he plays his role well, just not that interesting of a character to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I would completely agree. Except, I kind of I, I did like his character. I thought he was a good piece, um, a good piece to the puzzle, especially because what his main objective in the film is, or the main purpose that he's even in the film, um, it works out. I, I, th I think he he has a great role in the film. Yeah, that's fair. And the last guy before we go into like more broader topics, Jack Rayner, who he's a guy who I feel like is uh I think he's going to, you know, make a name for himself over the next few years just from the things I've seen him in. He's been pretty good. He was in Sing Street. He was in this uh movie I can't remember the name of What Richard Did, actually I think it was called. He was the main character there. And he's got some chops. Um, I didn't really love him here. He wasn't my favorite character. He was the guy that really got the whole thing started with the beard and the hat. 
Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Him, uh, it was between him and Sam Riley. Right. There was some beef, uh, and it kind of turned the, the deal upside down. I actually did not like um, Jack's character at all. Um, I thought the writing was very poor for him compared to everyone else. Yeah. He, in my opinion, he, he stuck out like a Thor thumb. Thor thumb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sore thumb. Yeah. That's, there you go. Uh, I, I didn't like him. Um, he was another major flaw in the film. They just didn't and, – and, and I understand. I mean it's hard to write all of these characters and have them all be so eccentric or different and fit together like a puzzle. Um and his character was just one of those pieces that uh, was lost in the box. Yeah, especially because, like, there are some dumb characters in here that do dumb things, and some smart people that that do smart things. Some people that think they're smart to do dumb things. But him, like, I just didn't buy his dumb decision after dumb decision. Yes. Yeah. For whatever uh, reason. But yeah, he was almost. Uh, he was in the running for Han Solo, actually. Oh, was he? Yeah, and I, I think he would have been pretty decent there, but I'm also kind of interested to see what Alden Ehrenreich can do. So, I'm taking a look at him right now. Yeah, I wouldn't have... Uh, maybe he would be a good one. Yeah, um, we'll never know, but time to move on to... Yeah, so I guess he did kickstart that thing, the, the little thing where uh, uh, Sam Riley's character, he comes to this showdown or arms deal with a black eye and they kind of set it up that he got it from this issue he had with some girl and it turns out it's jack rayner's um what was it his sister yes i believe it was his sister he bottled her which i'm guessing does that mean you hit her over the head with a bottle is that what that means i do believe so that's pretty crazy but (laughs) but yeah and uh yeah that what did you think of that being like the moment where all hell broke loose? Did you buy that or would you have preferred it to be something else? I did. I actually I, – I enjoyed it because it's this – it felt really well in this movie. It wasn't some like uh, absurd theatrical thing happening uh, that causes these two parties to uh, depart from what their deal originally was. It's just some stupid little – minor incident maybe it's not minor i mean bottling a girl is not a minor incident but in terms of this film it's a minor thing that happened that causes this war to explode um, i loved it i thought it was great that it was a little tiny thing caused um the movie to occur yeah yeah i kind of agree with you there but once it gets into the actual shootout um how well do you think – like, I mean it's probably an hour to an hour and ten minutes of literally just you know hiding, shooting, running, gunning, all this stuff. Um, I'll just say real quick that I feel like the tone was a little uneven. I do think for the most part they accomplished the live-action cartoon aspect. But it almost felt like getting shot is not that bad. Yes. A little, yeah, yeah, a yeah. little too much. Um, and I would think – like on paper, that would work in this film because it is kind of cartoonish. But it, it just didn't feel right and whether that's just preconceived notions or what have you. Yep, a lot of characters got shot multiple, multiple times 
and they really didn't even scream that much. They weren't. They didn't seem like they were. They were really in that much pain. Yeah, they're just like, um, ow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one guy gets shot in the side, and he's wobbling around. And I do think that it was a little bit of poor writing because I think a certain a couple characters got shot. And later on the, in the film, it's like the writers forgot or maybe they purposely tried to hide under the rug that they were shot in certain locations mm-hmm. on their body um, because then they were unaffected by it later on. Yeah, agreed. Um, and um, to be honest, <laughs> I felt like this movie was – it felt long. Despite being 87 minutes, it actually kind of dragged out a little bit for me, mostly because it felt like it was kind of – doing the same thing over and over again there wasn't enough variety in in the style or just the way it went down to really keep me on the edge of my seat i i could agree with you yeah it, it was very repetitive and i think it would have worked i i think it would be would have been fine being that repetitive if the dialogue was a little bit better if it was a little bit funnier mm-hmm. exchange if there were more comedic exchanges that really hit their mark. Um, I think we wouldn't have cared that it was just the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that for sure. And yeah. also it felt a little predictable, especially the way it ended. Like that seemed like the most obvious way for it to end to me. You, you did think it was the most obvious. Yeah. It felt like that was inevitable. I, I don't know. Um, I mentioned it earlier, and it kind of hints to the fact that I didn't expect it because of certain reasons. I didn't think it was too predictable. I mean, certain deaths in the film were very, very predictable. I mean, the way two characters, one gets run over by a car while also killing another character, that to me was, I knew that was going to happen, that both of them were going to die at the same time. Um, But the one person who kind of comes out on top I did not expect that. Um, and, and maybe I should have. Maybe I was just dumb. and. No, naive. I don't know about that. But I think um, actually what it is, like a movie doesn't have to surprise me with its ending to be good. It could be completely predictable if it's executed well enough. I just feel like maybe it didn't feel earned enough the way it ended for my liking. Uh, okay. I, I would say that the biggest disappointment during the gunfights um, – Visually, I didn't think it was as appealing as it could have been, yep. and and certain things, and and I could maybe understand them justifying it in a way where I really didn't have an, uh, a great grasp of where each person was in relation to one another. Um, at no point do we get a real good perspective of oh, this person is over here and this person is there, um, and where everyone is in location to one another um and i think they could have used the camera better possibly they could say that they wanted that confusion um to help play out in the movie um but i i I just think they they could have done a better job visually Um, i i agree one of my notes is visually dull and obviously i mean it's like a evening with the rain in a warehouse so how visually great could it be but uh, i mean great cinematographers make that fantastic yeah and i think some of like the camera movements were pretty good but it's just overall just the 
actual look at it, it was kind of not too pleasing. Yeah. Now, I got to say, typically, um, I'm not someone who really focuses on the sound too much. But this movie, for some reason, um, the audio really stood out to me. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. But I mean, it, it, so for, for example, in one case, one of the characters is smoking a cigarette, and it just seems like the audio um, was just so off. And it wasn't like my TV or you know where I was getting the movie from. It just sounded like uh, because more than likely they did that sound effect in a studio, and it just it didn't match up with the the, the volumes of the character. And I know one character. It a hundred percent looked like he was ad libbing it. Um, like there was like a, a you know it was being dubbed over, um, trying to match with the movement of his his lips. So it seemed off in certain aspects. But then when I look at like the, the sounds of the gunplay, I was like, wow, you know what? This isn't your typical Hollywood um sound effects with the guns they sound different whether they sound more realistic or not i'm not sure i don't know what a lot of the guns sound like um especially they were using um what ar-70s or i don't even know what the gun was yeah um, not m150s or whatever you <laughs> yeah i have no idea <clears throat> but so in certain aspects the audio was really good and then other aspects it just ah wasn't too good yeah i didn't really pick up on that but I believe you. Yeah. Completely believe you. All right. uh, <laughs> the only other two things I had were uh wanted to see get your thoughts on the zombie moment without spoiling what happened. Um that kind of didn't work for me, but I'm trying to think. Um it was all right. Like I said, the outcome of that battle was very very predictable. I kind of knew what was going to happen. Um I guess, I mean, it, it was a little bit comedic. Yeah, it was one of the more humorous parts of the movie, I guess. Uh, and the reinforcement, the, at one point some reinforcements come in. How did that work for you? Um, I think they could have done a lot more with it. Uh, and they could have gone in a slightly different direction. Um not maybe the motive behind them, that's fine, but just the way they used the reinforcements, if that's what you want to call them, yeah, I, <laughs> just wasn't used effectively at all. They were very, very, very pointless, didn't add anything at all to the movie. Um, like I, at like, first, I thought that both groups were going to work together at one point, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but no, they didn't. And that's fine that they didn't, but something should have been mixed up. You know. Yeah, it just felt like filler. Like I feel like this movie would have been way better if it was just an hour long. Yes, and I, I do think the beginning was there was some filler in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's because they're trying to pad that time because you can't have a sixty-minute movie. You know, like I yeah. can, but a lot of people think you can't, and it won't get played in movie theaters most likely. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um. All right, so overall, what would you give it? I'm going to give it a solid, very solid seven. Um, didn't love it, but I enjoyed moments. I, I, I see where it was going, and I, I can respect it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty close to you. I give it like a six and a half out of ten. I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I just 
I mean, obviously we've talked about all the negatives, but it didn't. It just didn't hit that next level of really good movie. But I would much prefer movies like this to something like The Mummy, which I'll talk about later. Okay. <laughs> the new one, the new. All right, so let's move on from a 90-minute shootout to our top five shootouts in all of movie history that we've seen. Yes. So did you have a hard time with this list? or? Yeah, as we were talking about before we got started, it was kind of weird how, yeah, I know there's been tons and tons of great shootouts in movies that I've really, really enjoyed. But for whatever reason, like only a couple, couple of them immediately came to mind and I was having trouble... I was just going through my like top 100 of all time, see if anything would pop up. Going through some lists online, but they all kind of had the same 10 or so scenes over and over again. So I know I'm. there's no doubt in my mind that I'm missing some really key things here, but I feel like in the end I'm fairly happy with my list. Yeah, so it, the exact same thing with me. I know, I know that there's so many other films, especially smaller ones, um, that I'm, I'm just missing. And see, with you, you're just like, I wish I could do what you do where you use, what is it, Letterboxd? Yeah. Or uh, where you keep track of every movie you've watched, which is really good because then you can go back. I mean, you've probably watched how many now? Around four or 5,000, I'm guessing, or more? I think um, it's like 3,000 something. 3,000. So, yeah, we're into the thousands of movies uh, that we've watched. And I like for me, I'm the type of person I watch a movie once. I almost will never watch it again, even if it's my favorite film. Um, I just don't like to watch movies more than once. And so it's so hard, so hard to remember. Yeah. Um, especially when it, you're talking about top five shootouts, you're going to have like 500 movies that have great shootouts. Yeah. You know? um, so I had to look online again, which I, I hate doing. I, I created a list beforehand and I, I went online to see – what I could kind of fill in. And yet, like every single list had the exact same movies and a lot of them were the exact same ones I had. Um, yeah. Which are a little disappointing. Yeah. I'm I kind of do the same thing where first I want to, on my own, try to figure out a, a top five or at least, you know, a handful of movies. But then I want to look at lists just to make sure I didn't miss anything obvious or anything that I truly love and would be disappointed that I didn't include. Yeah. So. Yeah, which I, to be honest, when about two, what, two years ago when I was on, a lot of times I wouldn't even look at any other list at all, and I, I do, I can remember a couple movies that, or a couple lists that I think you were like, what the heck, like how did you not have that? <laughs> I think Robert Redford was one one of the lists, Could have been, uh, yeah. and um, what was his name? Um, Butch Cassidy. No, no. Jeremiah uh, Johnson. No, but uh, either way, <laughs> um, it was just a, I, I think I had a little or a babe on it. I think it was or something because I couldn't remember more than five of his movies <laughs> at the time of making the list. So it was like, yeah, yeah. But go ahead and kick it off with your number five. So my number five is one that I didn't see on any list. Um, right. It's called Forty Four Minutes: The North Hollywood Shootout. Um, have you ever watched it? No, I have not. So it's a, I, I want to say it's actually a direct to DVD movie. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, it might've been out in theaters. There was a couple, uh, big stars or at least they're somewhat big now. Um, but it basically, it's a, based off a true story where there, 
these two guys went and robbed the bank in North Hollywood. And they were in complete suits of like not armor, but in um, what do you call them? Um, uh, Kevlar? Yes, Kevlar vests. Uh, I think they had like leggings that were Kevlar and army or uh, like arm pads that were Kevlar. They were just head to toe in bulletproof um, wear. And they went up against hundreds of cops. Uh, and it was just, just amazing gunfight. Uh, obviously, because it happened in real life and a lot of cops died, not good. But in a Hollywood sense, wow. Just wow. It's it's pretty incredible to watch. All right. I'll have to at least check out that scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing is the whole movie is it's not exactly like Free Fire where there's nothing, there's no other real cuts besides the firefight, but it is pretty much just one gigantic firefight. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's wow. It's, I mean, these two guys with, you know, I think they had AKs and a whole bunch of other assault rifles just like going against hundreds of cops. It was pretty crazy. Nice. All right. Well, that's that'll probably be the most interesting pick of the bunch. Uh, my number five is another one that I didn't see on many lists, but it is a recent movie from a couple years ago, Sicario. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh, my gosh. I want to say I did. Uh, Yeah, this is the Denis Villeneuve movie before he made Arrival uh, about the drug uh, war on drugs, basically, uh, around the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. There is this one really inventive shootout where uh, Emily Blunt plays this uh, I think I want to say Texan cop or DEA agent who's getting pulled into it and into this operation where they're going down into Mexico. They just crossed the border. They're in this long line of traffic right over the border. And some shit starts to go down where uh, there's like a car two lanes over that has some drug runners with guns and the cops like slowly get out of the car. And just the the creativity of the location and how the tension of there's all these innocent people everywhere, the crowdedness of it, like, is really uh, definitely my favorite part of a good movie or very good movie. And yeah, it's just still stuck in my mind this whole time. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I, I want to say I have seen it. Um, I know I've seen the, at least the poster a million times. So I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It's um, a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number four is Miller's Crossing. Um, it's the Tommy Gun scene where mm-hmm. the um, the Irish Mafia kingpin, I can't remember who plays him at the moment, um, but he's in his bed. He realizes some people are coming up to hit him, uh, to take out a hit on him. So he crawls under the bed. They come in. He shoots their leg. A big firefight happens. Uh, and eventually uh, they run away and he comes out of the window, drops down, and he has a Tommy gun. And it's just the greatest Tommy gun uh, shooting scene of all time, bar none. Um, it's just fantastic. I And I love Miller's Crossing. I know it's not one of the most loved of the Coen brothers, but I, I think it's so good. That is a great scene and maybe – Easily the best scene in that movie, which I found a little disappointing. But that scene, yeah, is definitely worth watching the movie for that alone. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, my number four is a bit of an obvious one, or at least a, a big hitter. Uh, RoboCop, the original RoboCop, when Murphy... Are they in, are they in like a factory? Is that the factory scene? Yeah, like he gets his revenge, basically. His debut is RoboCop and just kind of annihilates all the bad guys. Okay. It's really cool, um, really cool scene. I, I'm just a big RoboCop fan, and there's a lot of good shootouts in that movie, so... Yeah, I mean, RoboCop is a pretty underappreciated film. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Yep. Didn't. uh, What about the 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 new one that came out? Was there? Did we watch the new one? We did. I believe we reviewed that, and it's not great. It's not great. No. (laughs) Uh, But the original was very good. Oh yeah. My number three is the sniper scene from Saving Private Ryan. Um. It's, I mean, Saving Private Ryan is one of the greatest war films of all time. Um, and after I made the list, I went on, looked at some lists, like I said, and I saw this pop up. Uh, and it's the exact same reason that it says in the video that I didn't include the opening scene. The opening scene is less of a fire, or like a, a, a shootout, um, whereas the sniper scene is 100% a shootout between, you know, these two great snipers, or the sniper and the battalion. Um, and when he's looking down, when the, the, the German sniper is looking down the scope and the bullet comes up right through the scope and hits him in the eye, fantastic scene. Um, I just, I love it. Love, love. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, that is a great choice there. Because, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Vin Diesel, right? He's the one who's initially shot. Um, right, yeah. And he's laying out in the middle of the street where none of them can go get him, and he's just dying, and they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, Barry Pepper, sniper extraordinaire. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good choice. I, I kind of want to go watch the movie right now. <laughs> All right, we'll pause. And <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, and even like American Sniper, even though it's a movie I didn't really care for all that much, the scene on the rooftops where it's sniper versus sniper, and that was pretty good too. The why like sniper versus sniper is always so yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's always good. Like, uh, wasn't there even a sniper scene in uh, Fury? Well, there was some was there, kind. Of, maybe not. I don't think so. Could have been the tank versus tank shootout. That yeah, is it's actually, kind of like sniping a sniper tank versus. Tank. <laughs> actually, that's I'm including that as an honorable mention. The tank versus tank shootout yeah that's you know what that is a great one yeah it is <laughs> gosh yeah that's but, another film that like people forget about but that was fantastic that was a really good movie underrated for sure yeah my number three i'm going with die hard the original uh the scene i'm thinking of in particular is up i think it's on the roof when he shoots out the glass um and it's kind of like a little cat and mouse game with him and I think it's two or three henchmen on the roof. Shoots out the glass. Iconic scene. Has to get the glass out of his feet later. You, um, you know it. You love it. I mean, it's a great film, but I'm trying to remember the exact scene. And um, No, the bad guys shoot the glass out because they know he's bare feet. And he kind of just sucks it up, runs through it, kills him. Can you? Would you be able to suck it up and just run through broken glass? Psh- Hell no, I'd be dead. I'd shoot myself in the head and say, <laughs> I'm not even going through this. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. What's your number my, two? My number two is 
the Boondock Saints. Um, there are two major firefights in this film. I mean, there are more than two, but there are two great firefights. One is when they're in the hotel room. Uh, they're in, like, I think the ducks, and they drop down, and they're all tied together, and they're just spinning. That's a great scene. But the greatest scene in that film is when the older hitman has six guns attached to his chest, and he is pulling them out uh, two at a time, shooting them. Once he runs out of ammo, he just drops the gun like a boss and pulls out <laughs> another two from his vest and then pulls out another two. And it's just this epic firefight. And you even have, um, oh, my gosh, what is his name? Uh, who plays the detective? Who's Willem like, Dafoe. Well, yeah, Willem Dafoe. And he's just, like, picturing it in his head, reenacting it. And he screams out, it was a firefight! That makes it perfect. It is a cool scene. It's a movie I'm scared to rewatch because I have a feeling it's not going to hold up. But, yeah. But that the is... was god-awful. Yeah, it was. That's really what got me scared about how much I liked the first one. But, uh, yeah, that is a cool scene. It reminds me of one of my honorable mentions, Wanted, the end of Wanted, when he's kind of, like, shooting, going just on this killing spree through the warehouse and... He's like, oh yeah, 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 shooting people through a hole in someone's head, and yeah, just God, really yeah, uh, yeah. stylish. I didn't even think about that film. Uh, my number two has got to be your number one, The Matrix. Absolutely, yeah. It's, I mean, everyone's picking the lobby scene, um, and I'm probably just going to do that as well. But I mean, there's just so many great gunfights, just so many. Um, but the lobby scene, yeah, it's just, wow. yeah, it is. And it's like, this is when we got the cliched bullet time. You know, this is where it started. First time you saw it, it was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, and now it's kind of like, or at least for a while there, it was very trendy. But yeah, that's, you don't even have to explain this choice because it's just iconic. Yeah. But my number one is Django Unchained. When uh, the the shootout at Candyland <laughs> Mansion, when it finally just boils over this tension that's been going on for two hours, you just want to see Leonardo DiCaprio, one of the greatest villains of all time, get it, and he does, and then so does Christoph Waltz, and then it's just, can Django make it out alive? Yeah, I mean that is it is a great great scene, no doubt about it. Um, and especially this was like one of the better firefights um, in all of Tarantino's films. Yeah, um, it was like the perfect choreography, perfect amount of gore, um, so much theater to it. Yes, yes, the the theatrical presence of that scene is perfect. Yep, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It yep, was an honorable yep. mention for me. All right, cool. My only other honorable mention was Heat, the bank robbery scene. Uh, classic, can't go wrong with it. But. See, I saw that on so many lists, and I don't think I've seen it. I mean, it, what Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, right? Yeah, it's real good. Really, I want to like. I feel like I've seen it, but I, I, I it's like I, three I hours know. long. You'll love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my other honorable mention besides Django is uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I knew that was going to be uh, somewhere on yours. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, just. How can you not? Especially in the ending scene. Yeah. It's just, oh, 
You like it, you like it more than me, but that ending scene is great. There's plenty of good moments. I might have to rewatch it one day to try to appreciate it more. But yeah, did I recommend it to you, or did we? I can't remember if I watched it on my own or if it was a film club. It was, it was definitely we reviewed it. Um, it might have been. It had to have been a film club. Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I gave it like a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> you're just. Huh. But anyway, uh, so what else you been watching since we last chatted? Um, I actually haven't watched as much as I would have liked. I've gotten into one of those uh, black holes on YouTube where I am just watching this random stuff on YouTube for hours and hours on end. We've all uh, been and doing there. literally nothing else with my <laughs> life. Uh, yeah. Most recently, I have watched about. Probably 20 hours to 30 hours worth of candy making. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, I just randomly saw this channel like how uh, – what do you call it? Um, candy canes are made and it's this little family that makes candy canes by hand and then they have a whole bunch of like hundreds of other videos on how to make you know, chocolate bunnies and how they make this and how they make that and I just can't stop watching and it's this little small town, like, place up in Rochester, and they're doing great business now for the first time in their entire, like, 60 to 90-year business because, like, it's like a third-generation business because of YouTube, and it's great. And then I just got to a video last night <laughs> where they don't even make their own chocolate. They buy, they buy these chocolate bars from some <laughs> company and melt them down and then just reshape the chocolate. Wow. And this entire time, I thought they've been using their own chocolate. But they don't even make chocolate. So I've, I've, I'm, I'm destroyed by it. But You can never have heroes in this, in this day and age. You can't. You know, that's funny, those YouTube – I found myself watching a half an hour long video of just some guy drawing a picture of Spider-Man the other day. So <laughs> – it could happen to the best of us. Oh, it! I mean, yeah, it's bad. But so, what else? What what have I really watched? That's uh, cinematic. So I watched the Last Dragon. Have you ever heard of it? No. So my friends were like, "Oh, you gotta watch the Last Dragon," and I was like, "What a Bruce Lee film? I'm not that big into Bruce Lee films. Um, I mean, I like them, but not that much." And they're like, "No, no, no." It's, Last Dragon is not a Bruce Lee film. It's a Bruce Leroy film. Oh, and I'm like, what? I watch it, and you know, I'm not the type of person. I think you asked me not too long ago, like, would I want to watch really, really bad, horrible films to laugh at them? And a lot of people do that. Um, the they watch just god awful films because they become good because they're so bad. Right. I hate those films. The only one I've ever liked is The Reanimator. Um, but that's but actually a good movie, film. though. What's that? That's actually a good movie, though. It is, but it's like it's purposely bad. Yeah, purposely campy. Yeah, yep. Um, but most films that like I, I I hate doing that. I hate watching a bad film. It's just a waste of time, and I don't find it funny. This film is so god awful, and they're like the the decisions, the writing decisions are so insane. That I could not stop laughing. I really, 
really, really enjoyed this film. Really? Everyone should watch it. Watch it till the very last fight scene. Make sure you watch it with some friends so you can all laugh together. It was so good. I could not believe, especially because I have a, a, a certain friend who wishes this was his life. Um, it's like it's the perfect film uh, for him. Um, it's like him living out his dream. But is it is basically about this this one guy who is a kung fu artist in the middle of New York, and it's just so stupid. And this person, this uh, this record label wants a DJ to play his songs. She won't, so he kidnaps her, and the kung fu guy has to go save her. <laughs> Um, it's from 1985. What's that? 1985. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot older. Yeah, um, <laughs> and piranhas are involved. There's a guy who looks like the white Mr. T. Uh, he is just like there for not even a second, but he's there just randomly. Um, it's great. It looks great. like Bloodsport a little bit. Yeah, the most. Worst version of Bloodsport. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Is it better than uh, Ung Bak? Um, you remember that? You hated yeah, that movie. Okay. Yes. Uh, did I hate it? <laughs> you said this was the worst martial arts movie. It's got nothing on uh, Yip Man. I would have to. I would have to listen to that episode because I remember liking a lot of the stunts uh, that the main actor, I don't remember his name. Tony uh, Jaa. I mean, he, I mean, I remember the one part where he jumps, he literally jumps onto the guy's head to have that high of a vertical without any like strings attached to him. Like that's insane. It's so classic. I would have to listen to that episode. <laughs> we did. I don't remember hating it by any means. All right. Fair enough. But, um, no, this is way, way worse. But because it's so bad, it makes it better. Gotcha. All right. Well, I talked. I've hinted around it, talked about it a little bit. I watched the Mummy. Uh, not sure if we're going to do a full review on this one or not down the road. But needless to say, it's bad. It's real bad. Um, is it? Yeah. It's like I said. It's like two hours and twenty minutes or something, and it is just so. Mediocre, generic, nothing. It's so convoluted. Like I have no idea what's going on, and I don't even care to. After a certain point, you got Tom Cruise, who must have played an Uncharted game with his kids one day, and said, "The next uh, studio movie they come at me with, I'm gonna just take it and turn it into me being uh, Nathan Drake from Uncharted," because that's mm. seemingly what happened here. And uh, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Bad. So bad. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is in the film? Yes. And the transformation scene is so disappointing. There's like no difference between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Really? Uh, yeah. At least visually. It's just... Even like The Mummy, I like the idea of it being this chick. And there's kind of a twist that is okay, but Man, this movie, like, it tries to be funny a lot, never succeeds. The action is all just, you know, generic summer movie action. Nothing uh, 
nothing stands out. So complete waste of time. See, I yeah, I wasn't too thrilled about going to see it. Um, I mean, Brendan Fraser, I thought did a great job for the very first one. I, the first Mummy, I remember you didn't like it too much. I recommended it to you. Oh, it's so um, much better than this, though. Oh, it is. Yes. Right, well, that's good. Um, but I still remember. I mean, you didn't like it too much. You didn't like the plot too much or the acting. I know you said the visuals were great, which for that time period, the visuals of the the, the Mummy was outstanding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would have thought Tom Cruise would have made it very decent, but I guess not. Yeah, I would have thought so too. I actually, I couldn't believe how bad the reviews were when this came out, and unfortunately, <laughs> they're right on the money. To be honest, uh, well, not to be honest, why do I? Oh, I <laughs> uh, honest man. Um, another part of the YouTube thing I've been watching, about 10 hours worth of Scientology stuff. Uh, and of course, a lot of it centers around Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, and so I've learned a lot about Tom Cruise <laughs> lately. <laughs> There's a podcast you should check out that I think you would like. It's called The Last Podcast on the Left. And they really like do the deep dives into serial killers and, and interesting stuff like that. They did like a four or five part series on uh, the guy that created Scientology. David or uh, L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard, like his life story, and it was actually yeah. really good. And they did another series on the guy that you uh, quote unquote love, not love, but uh, Carl Panzram. Oh yeah, 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 and really interesting stuff. Um, hmm. I've been watching a lot of the Joe Rogan Experience, his podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he is a good podcaster and a great interviewer. Yeah, his shows are just so long and so all over the place. I can't, I can't get into. Really, that's surprising. He's one of the only podcasts I will listen to. I might give it another shot because the last time I tried to listen was like five years ago. So, and he is able to get any possible person that you would be interested in. He gets all of them. Oh yeah, I definitely on. believe that. Uh, what else you been watching? I watched Wonder Woman. Finally. Yes. So, uh, and I had heard such great, great, great things about it. Um, and so I was, I was pretty excited to go watch it. I will, I kind of wanted to watch Dunkirk. Uh, that was my first choice, but the movie theater I went to didn't have it. Um, and then I wanted to watch baby driver, but they didn't have that either. Um, so wonder woman was the third choice only because I kind of wanted to watch the other ones in theater while wonder woman at home. Um, I thought you would make a joke, but all right. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But so I, I watched it, uh, missed an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, you did. But so I watched it and I enjoyed it. It's nowhere near as good as everyone is like claiming it to be. I think there is just so much relief that they finally made a good DC film. Um, but I don't think it's up to par with what I'm hoping for. Hmm. Uh, I'm still hoping for another dark night, uh, from the DC universe. Cause I love DC way more than Marvel. Um, but this film actually felt like a Marvel film. It really, yeah, really, that's felt a good simpler. point. That's a good point. Yeah, it felt really similar to uh, the first Captain America. Yeah. Um, not and not just because both heroes have a shield. It just had. I mean, it even looked like it visually. Um, 
which was kind of weird. It had that very same um, kind of comic book feel to it uh, and and look to it. But it was yeah. all right. Um, yeah, we're I've, definitely going to review this one down the line. So I, I'm interested to rewatch it before that and come armed and ready with uh, yeah. giving you reasons why it's better than you think. I will say uh, DC does it ten times better in terms of of the villains. Um, the villain in this film turns out to be pretty good, and the, the fight scene with the villain is pretty good, I thought. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it. I didn't think... Uh, he's... I, I liked him more than a lot of other people did. I've heard, like, people thought that was, like, one of the only bad parts. I didn't think he was bad. Really? Well, I... I'm just thinking of the very first part of the fight when they're in the clock tower. That's or not cool. the clock tower, but the watchtower. Yeah, that was I cool. love that. That was great. Yeah. Now the rest of the film or the rest of the fight scene, I mean, the CGI kind of looked crappy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand not liking the whole fight scene because of that. But that the opening to the fight scene and kind of the twist uh, that you kind of yeah. see coming. Uh, so it's not really too much of a twist. But yeah, it's still pretty I, cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It it made the film for me. Nice. Well, uh, I had something I was going to say, and I forgot it, so I'll just move on to my next movie, which is another current movie in theaters. We're on fire this week with those. Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Had to see it. Had to see Did it. Did you? I, see, I'm pretty scared. I don't know if you like it or not, but the trailers. I don't watch too many trailers, but the trailers for this look terrible yeah there were a lot of warning signs in the trailer that had me thinking i don't know people are excited i mean i'm excited to see it but like the design of the vulture looked kind of cheesy and yeah just something was holding me back from really getting all in like super excited uh expectation wise and um well had no need to fear because it was amazing. Mm. It is right up there with Spider-Man 2, as I'll get into. No, it's not. It is. Don't lie. It is. It is. I still put it just behind Spider-Man 2. Uh, second best Spider-Man movie ever made. It is so good. Tom Holland is the perfect Peter Parker, the perfect Spider-Man. There's... I don't see we're de- again again. There's another movie we're definitely going to review, so I don't want to like do a deep dive. But what yes, Spider Man? Huh? Have you heard of someone named Tobey Maguire? Um... <laughs> yeah, I rewatched every Spider Man movie over the past couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, this is right on up there. Like the action set pieces are great, but the main thing I love about this movie is he spends a lot of time in the suit and not necessarily in action scenes. And I know that sounds like stupid small thing that who cares, but I, I just love the design of the suit. I just love seeing Spider-Man on screen doing other things. Like in the other movies, he's either Peter Parker or if he's in the suit, it's this big action scene. And even they do as much as possible to have the mask off when he's in the suit to try to have the, you know, the star's face present as much as possible. They do not do that here. I don't know, just all the little things. As a huge Spider-Man fan my whole life, I thought they nailed it. And one last thing real quick. Oh, go ahead. The thing I was worried about the most was the Vulture. 
And he's an awesome villain. He is really good. Really good. Mm, that's he's surprising. one of the best villains of the MCU. Wow. He actually has a real motivation. The suit, it works better in practice than in just the, the trailer and the, the poster. Uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Now, is what take on Peter Parker is this? Is this the very nerdy version, or is it like Toby Maguire, which is kind of an older version? I mean, Tom Holland is, is younger, so I'm guessing it's not an older version. It's but, like sophomore high school. Um, but see, we'll get into it. We're going to get into this after you see it and when we do the review, because there's so much I want to talk about, but at the same time, I don't want to waste all the material. I just think it's so well done on every level. Whereas Andrew Garfield was like the brooding emo Peter Parker, which I actually didn't hate, but at the time the first one came out, I thought you said you loved it. You loved that they finally went towards the comic book version way more. <laughs> like I said, all right, let me just get into this. Real I feel quick. like you change your mind every couple of minutes. But it's <laughs> all all right. Right. Hey, let, let, let me get into it. I rewatched, I talked about Spider-Man three on the last episode, but I rewatched all the other ones since then. And I will say, Spider-Man 2, still number one. It came actually came down a little bit on a rewatch, slightly. So it's a 9 out of 10. Dr. Octopus is just so good. Maybe one of the best villains in superhero movie history. When the actor plays it perfectly. Yeah, he does. So Spider-Man 2, it went down, but still held up as a great, great movie. Then Homecoming. Then I'd put the original, the very first one, the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, actually went up on a rewatch. I actually think it holds up incredibly well, and it might be the best written of the of the original films, which surprised me. I thought it might actually go down on a rewatch, but it didn't. Uh, the ones that did go down were the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 which I still think is underrated. People think it's worse than the first Amazing Spider-Man. They're wrong. Uh, they nailed the Gwen Stacy-Peter Parker relationship and her death scene so well. Um, Electro is horrible from a design standpoint, but their fight scenes are actually kind of fun in a weird way. The movie that sucks, though, is the first Amazing Spider-Man. I, I dropped it down to a 5.5 out of 10. What did you have it before? A ten? I feel no. like I had it at like a ten. I had it at a seven. Did you? I thought you said you really enjoyed it. No, I hated the lizard, but I liked everything else about it. Like I, I liked Andrew Garfield. I think that might have been a case of me just liking that actor more than the portrayal after just a rewatch of that. Um, there is the weird thing, like like you're saying. I, I liked how they went with his uh, quips and his attitude from the books. That was only in the first scene with him as Spider-Man in the real suit. For whatever, like, they had one scene where he's joking around and having fun while he's stopping, like, a thief. And then after that, if he's in the suit, he's pretty much not talking and it's dead serious. So, I was wrong on that. But anyway, right. yeah, Homecoming is well worth checking out. I, I loved it. Okay. Third best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Really? Behind um, only the Avengers, the first one, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. The first Avengers, come on, are you being serious? Don't. It's real good. It, it holds up. No, it does not. Ugh. It does. Why, like, 
I don't understand people that are just like so enthralled by by the Avengers. Well, I'm one of them, okay? Um, all right. So, another thing that I watched was Matilda. Um, did you ever see this film? Of course. Yeah, I feel like every kid had, uh, at least of our generation. Yeah. It's so good. You like you think it was good as a kid? It's really good as a as an adult. Like you see so much and Danny DeVito, if He's you want to really see good. a masterclass in acting, Danny DeVito is perfect. He is one of the greatest actors based off this film. And you're going to go, "Well, really?" I mean, if you watch it, a lot of people would say, "Well, I mean, his character is just this nasty little grumpy old piece of crap right but usually when when people talk about amazing acting it's usually in these very sad dramatic moments danny devito doesn't need that kind of stuff he can show his acting chops by being any character at all and wow he does a great job in matilda and yes i mean there it's very whimsical and all this stuff and um very cartoonish in certain aspects especially with the 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 headmistress or whatever you want to call her uh but it's such a good film it is i rewatched it not that long ago actually and i agree danny devito is awesome in it and uh mara wilson who plays matilda she was in mrs doubtfire Mm -hmm. she's like been a guest on this comedy podcast i listen to every once in a while and she seems like she's grown up to be uh just a normal person, which is good to hear. Yeah, yeah I, she was great in that. Um, I know Mrs. Dalfire, she was great. And Matilda, great. Um, yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Um, I don't have any more movies, but I guess I could talk about just some of the TV I've been watching real quick. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're watching it anymore, but uh, Game of Thrones had season seven premiere this past I'm- weekend. Don't do any spoilers. No, no, I wasn't going to. I was just wanted to, before I got into it. I'm not, all, basically all I'm going to say is, after last season, which I thought was an incredible comeback, after season five was really bad, just bad, <laughs> minus one episode, I thought season six was a huge improvement, one of the better seasons they've done, ended on such a high note, and season seven, which... Is only going to be seven episodes and then six episodes in season eight, and that's it. Uh, I had a lot to live up to, and it did. It, it was a really solid episode, a great cold open, some really great scenes in there, but really setting up the next six episodes really well, so not disappointed. But what I wanted to ask you, like, I know you were watching the show a little bit, right? So... If you remember, you wanted back like seven years ago or something like that. Maybe it's not that long, but probably has been. You were like, oh, man, there's this awesome book series called Game of Thrones. Do you want to read the books? Because the the show's coming out. And so me and you read the books together, remember? Mm -hmm. And then we watched – I think you watched the first season without me. And then we watched the second season together um, after I rewatched the first season by myself and then i stopped after the second season i haven't watched any more i'm a i'm a, a purist i'm waiting for the books um and i'm disappointed that you are not as well um 
because we both agreed. Actually, no, we watched the first season. We didn't, we didn't watch the second season. We watched the first season together. Yeah. Um, and we both admitted, like, it's nowhere near as good as the books. It's still good. Still real good. But it's, yeah, it's, no, the books are some of the best things that have ever been put into my brain through any media. media. And so you're ruining it for yourself. I'm not and ruining I'm, it. And I'm disappointed in you as a person, as a friend, as a brother-in-law. Um, wow. Just I'm disappointed. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like I've said this a million times, but there was going to be no avoiding spoilers either way. And the show is so much different. They're completely different entities at this point. But you know the ending is going to be the same. You know whoever gets the throne is yeah, going to be Yeah, that's true. But we also differ in just our views on spoilers in general. Like, I think it's all about execution. And spoilers aren't going to matter. They're not going to ruin anything as long as it's still well done. It's about but the journey. See, in this series, though, spo- like, the twists and turns are one of the biggest parts. I mean, Ned dying in the first book in the first season – that makes the series. You will continue to read based solely off of that. Um, the Red Wedding, I mean, the twists and turns, if you spoil it for yourself, it's ruined. Like, I, well, I don't, I just. I would whatever. have preferred to have read it first. But I still really like the show. And like I said, it's unavoidable. I would not be able to not be, be spoiled and I'd rather be spoiled by watching the show than hearing about it secondhand. And also, like I already said, these shows, are, there's so many differences already that it's a complete, yeah, maybe the very end will be the same. There are going to be tons and tons of differences. And no matter what George, George's version is going to be a hundred million times better. See, I'm thinking though, and I'm really, really hoping for it. And he's hinted that, I mean, he's up to it, um, if he ever actually writes these books anymore, um, that he might just add on after seven books. He might go to eight, nine. Yeah, um, I'd love it. And he has said, I mean, he, he's, he varies on this. Sometimes he says, oh, yeah, people have figured it out. And I, and I kind of have my own opinion on what's going to happen, as everyone probably does. But... Um, and he says he's not going to change it because other people know. But I almost feel like because of the show, he might he might change it. There is a chance that if he comes up with a better idea, things could happen. Yeah, things exactly. Again, so then I'm not ruining anything. Yeah. But uh, basically, I wanted to. Uh, who wins? Who wins? You got to tell me. Just who do you think wins? Wins what? The throne. Well, I don't want to do no spoilers. What, do you know? No, Would but you? I mean, some people listening might not have uh, got up to that point, you know. Um, hmm. All right, all right. And I, see, that's what I was, I was hoping you were caught up on the show, because we reviewed season six as an episode, so I might just have to do like a special bonus episode reviewing season seven. Okay. But, all right, I'll give my guess. If you don't want to hear... Uh, who's who I think is going to win a throne, then skip 30 seconds. All right. I, th- I think it's going to be somewhat predictable. I think it's going to be Danny. Yes. She's going to come in with her dragons, kill all the White Walkers because of fire, right? But 
So I think she will sit the throne. Whether she lasts or not, I don't know. But I think no matter what, Varys will win. <laughs> yeah. Varys is going to win. Whether he lives or dies, is going to have a happy ending where the realm has the best possible leader. And that's what Varys has been doing the whole time. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate possibility. Yeah. So, all right. I uh, real quick also watched the series premiere of Snowfall, an FX series uh, that catalogs or whatever uh, shows you the rise of crack cocaine in the eighties. Crack cocaine. Crack cocaine. And uh, yeah, I was looking forward to this. The advertisements have been going for this for a long time, months and months. I feel like, and uh, I was a little disappointed, to be honest to use your line um it's a bit of a mess it's like a a story like set in the 80s and it follows like four or five different storylines which it the only one i care about is the main kid this uh the main black kid and he, like he's i want to say he's a college age and he's kind of dealing drugs but he's just a normal charismatic kid who you're rooting for and but he's not on screen enough. They, they'll switch to this cop character or this wrestler who's gone bad. And I just don't care about those other stories. So, at least so far. It's been two episodes. I like the main character. The rest is kind of a mess. I don't know how much more I'm going to watch. Yeah, it's hard to invest all that time into a show that's kind of like, uh, Especially because there are just so many great ones yeah. out right yeah. now. Yeah, there's so much good TV. And there's so much you got to catch up on. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and another one that is, uh, I'm not going back to, but Friends from College, uh, new Netflix half-hour sitcom-y thing, premiered last week, and I had heard it's, like, going to be the show Friends, which I, I loved, except, like, more adult. And it's not. Uh, I fell asleep somewhere in the second episode, and I've seen enough. I didn't laugh. I didn't think the characters were interesting or worth getting invested in. And, uh, yeah, so avoid that if you are considering watching it. Mm. Um, I did watch Catastrophe. After your raving review, um, I decided, you know what? If he likes it that much and he says it's the great, the first season is the greatest piece of whoa, 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 uh, whoa. <laughs> comedy of all time. I didn't say that. But, Oh, I think don't here. <clears throat> I said the first season might be the funniest season of television, not finest form of comedy. There's a small difference there. Okay, all right. Uh, either way, extremely high praise. Yes. So I said, you know what? I love comedy. Um, I'm I love stand up and I love comedic shows. I'm going to watch it. I watched the first season and think. Bob is insane. Yes, it's funny. Sure. But is it great? Nah. Am I going to watch season two? Who knows? I don't, I mean, maybe. I'm going to watch an episode here or there when I'm bored. But is it great? No. It, the only thing funny with it is the main character. Yeah, he's so funny. The writing for him is so well done. It's insane. Yes. 
I could agree that possibly for the first season, the writing for this single character is possibly the best comedy um, writing I think in all of the, I, think, I could possibly say that it is so natural. It's so well executed. It is so perfectly timed. I could agree. Everything else on the show is just like, eh, that's eh, okay. It's good. Eh, decent. See, I agree with you about him. I think the main girl is really funny, and I think her brother character is really funny. No, the but, brother is so dumb. But, but the, the, the main, main... The, the main uh, female leading actress, uh, and I have no idea what her name is, which is terrible. Sharon because something. She, because she is a star in uh, one of the funniest shows ever. Um, the increasingly oh what is it hold on hold on it's Todd, Todd Margaret but it's like a long uh, title yeah, 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 yeah. The, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret I believe that's what it is I, I could be slightly wrong it's something um, like that she is great in that um, and of course uh, the show is just fantastic but that that made me go wow Bob could be right I mean if she's in it this show could be great and it's not. I mean, it's like, eh. It's well, whatever. If you watch it, you watch it. If you don't watch it, eh, not a big deal. Who cares? To be fair to me, I stand by my opinion, but I also was in a really good mood when we started watching it. I think we had a glass of wine. Um, and also, I feel like it's funnier if, if, you have, uh, if you're married and have kids. I mean, possibly that could be it. I mean, but still, like, I mean, like I said, he is so funny, but no one else in the show is. But he's like 85% of the show. Nah, he's 50. Right. She is about 35, and then everyone else is 15. All right, well, I set ex expectations too high, but I still stand by it's a hilarious show, especially that first season. Yeah, Rob, uh, what, Delaney? Yeah, he's great. He's, he's good. He is really, really good. Um, I mean, he will probably be the reason why I continue to watch, just because of, I mean, he is so good in this show. And he continues to be, all the way through. Like I that's, said, well, it, good. it gets less funny, in my opinion, but it gets more serious, like, well done, as far as dark drama, while still being funny. I mean, his one-liners that he has, I and mean, he mixes up all of it, though. I mean, he has some fantastic one-liners, but then he has some awesome, just like visual comedy um, parts and some longer story jokes. Like, it's just, he's good. Yeah, 100%. Did you have anything else that you watched? No. No documentary? No What's that? No documentary of the week? I did not watch a documentary of the week. Like I said... The YouTube black hole really <laughs> ate up all of my free time. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I was up till 2 a.m. almost every night just watching candy. <laughs> made. It's crazy. Until it's like, uh, they crushed your heart. Yeah, they did. They really did. Uh, all right. One last thing to touch on. It's nothing I watched, but I did mention that I just signed up for a free month of digital comics on the last episode. And I've been following through with that. I've been reading a shit ton of Marvel comics, mostly Spider-Man. I'm so in back. I feel like I'm a kid again, as much as into Spider-Man I am again. 
I said again like five times there. Um, so yeah, I just I went back and I heard a lot about the Superior Spider-Man run, which lasted 33 episodes, and I want to say 2013 or 14, something like that. This is a storyline where Doctor Octopus took over his his mind went into Peter Parker's body. They they switched basically. They had like a a body switch thing, except Dr. Octopus' body died, so leaving Peter Parker dead, but everyone thinks he's alive, but it's really Otto Octavius inside his brain. What do you think of that setup? Um, I mean, Dr. Ock is, or Doc Ock is, I mean, at least on, uh, in cinema, he's probably the number two villain of all time. Um, he, he almost takes number one but um so i mean i i I think it would be pretty cool to read it yeah that's uh i mean has it gone past the the you you said you just signed up last week right two weeks ago two weeks ago it was just Um, 33 episodes and then it was over will you be issues issues willing to continue is this a good service that you think people should get into oh okay um yeah i love it um my only problem is well, it's going to be if if I continue on with it, which I'm still debating. I, it's up in the air. Uh, it's ten dollars a month, and it's unlimited everything except it's six months behind. If it wasn't six months behind, I would one hundred percent. I would pay twenty dollars a month, maybe. I don't know about that, but but I mean, there's some. I mean, don't you want to read all the old comics? Do they have like first edition, uh, like the first time you know Spider-Man? Was yep. ever introduced. And they got it all. They have every single issue. Yeah, so that's why I'm... The only reason I'm kind of leaning towards canceling it after the trial for now is because, Sam, my wife just got a new job, which pays less, and at least for a, a month or two, she has to get her feet under her. So I'm, I kind of have to pick and choose really carefully as far as which services I want. So I, I might cancel it and come back to it. But I do think it's a great service. Especially if you're not all about you know, the latest issue the day it comes out. Yeah. I mean, for me, if I would get it and there's a small chance I would because I I was never big into comics. I mean, I read a little bit here or there and I like to actually on YouTube, there's great channels that go over every single storyline. Um, and I love to listen to it, but I, 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 w- I want to read from the very beginning. I'm the type of first person I need to read the first issue yeah. and then read in order from there and see how the character evolves and changes. And yeah, I understand that they, especially Marvel resets their universe like every five years or whatever, but, um, I still, I, I want to read from the very beginning. See if you so. can find like a free month or a free trial of it. And especially if you read it on a tablet, I think you'll really enjoy it. Mm. I really like the Superior Spider-Man run. Um, it does some interesting things. Otto Octavius and Peter Parker's brain, like, he gets him a PhD because he's like, what? Parker doesn't have a PhD? Blah, blah, blah. And he starts Parker Industries. And Oh, really? Yeah, it takes it to a... Oh, my gosh. Now I do want to read that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, and then I continued from there, read some, I've been just continuing reading Amazing Spider-Man. I remember it's called up to where they have it. 
it's not quite as good. The Amazing Spider-Man run so far after that, but I still just like reading Spider-Man. Uh, I also read the Secret Wars storyline from 2015. It was like the big event where all the multiverses collided, and at the end of it, there was only one uh, universe left. And then I almost finished Civil War Two, which came out last year. The big oh, event from okay. last year, and that's pretty good too. So yeah, I am enjoying the service. Are you going to read any DC? Or I guess it's only Marvel, right? It's Marvel Unlimited. I also found a free month for Comixology Unlimited, which has, like, not as much selection, but it has it from all different kinds of uh, publishers. So I'm going to take a, take a gander at that next, see, see how that treats me. Okay. Well, let's get to our final points before we get out of here. Yeah, our last point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, actually, my last point, and I guess I'll go first because it really goes into what we were just talking about, or at okay. least coincides with it, is what do you feel is the state of uh, the DC Cinematic Universe um, mm. with Warner Brothers? Interesting. Especially after Wonder Woman comes out. So, of course, you had the... Batman, all of the Batman films, most of them were really good. And even the crappy ones now looking back, you can enjoy them in some way. Um, and so DC really had the, the world of cinema in terms of the comic book world. Except DC they didn't have the universe. It did not have the universe. You're absolutely right. But it had the better films. Agreed. Um, At the time. And then you had the, the Dark Knight trilogy, which is by far the greatest uh, – uh, comic book movies, especially the Dark Knight, best comic book movie ever. Um, yeah, and I doubt anyone will take that away. Um, at least in the near future. Yeah, but, I, st- I still think so, that's true. But so DC was the better, uh, was winning the war, and then all of a sudden, D or uh, Marvel comes out with their universe uh, or their their sequence of films to create. A, a, a large connection um, and DC did nothing Warner Brothers did nothing about it they didn't try to even replicate it maybe because they thought it would be too big of an investment um, and possibly too big of a flop Marvel showed hey guess what it makes you billions of dollars Warner Brothers has tried they have failed uh, miserably um, all of the new Batman films suck Super uh, Superman sucks, and I, I didn't even mention the original Superman's winning the day as well back then. Um, but now they, I mean, DC just sucks so bad. Yeah. And now Wonder Woman has come out, and people are like, "Wow, maybe, maybe there's a chance." Um, and I'm just wondering, do you think, I mean, is Wonder Woman the turning point? Is this going to change everything for DC? Are they going to come back and win win the, the war again? <laughs> no, I think it's a <laughs> – I think it's a blip on the radar. I think it's it's certainly a positive turn in this. I'm – believe it or not, as a Marvel guy, I'm not rooting against DC. I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I would – I want every single movie I see to be great, especially a superhero movie. I want the DC movies to be good. There's tons of potential there. I mean, I didn't even dislike Man of Steel, the first one, all that much. I thought it was pretty good. 
it had its low points, but it was a lot to like there in a character that mm-hmm. I don't like. But Batman vs Superman was dreadful. Yes, Suicide Squad made me want to commit Suicide Squad. Not really, but it's really bad. And um, yeah, so and Justice League, I don't think is going to be good. I really don't. Despite Wonder Woman being so good, in my opinion. Justice League, I know there's the whole thing where Joss Whedon took over for Zack Snyder following... But at the very, very end. Like, the very end. Yeah, so I do think it's going to be mostly Zack Snyder's work. I actually think his name is going to be attached as director on it. So, uh, do I have... I don't know. Well, isn't that crazy that... Okay, so you have Zack Snyder, which is the kind of the, the, the head of the DC universe, and you have Joss Whedon, the head of uh, the Marvel universe, and they're helping each other out. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I do think that's it's a tragedy, but there's some, yeah, there's some cool things. That, oh yeah, uh, I mean absolutely. There's no. But doubt it is about. cool that Whedon is stepping in, and yeah, I think there's some positive elements as well, silver linings. I just, I don't know. I I don't think all hope is lost. I think maybe. With Wonder Woman, they can see everything doesn't have to be so dour and humorless and you can have fun and still build this. And you don't have to rush it because nothing in Wonder Woman was like building that universe. That was a standalone story. And it worked well. If you do that enough times, you can start integrating a little bit more over time. They're rushing into it. I I think Justice League is going to be bad. But I think it's going to make enough money for them to continue and just hopefully they learn from their mistakes and can kind of right the ship a little bit after that. But I still think they have no shot of ever being better than Marvel overall. I think for the next 15 years, you're right. DC is not going to to beat Marvel. Um, But they're playing the long game. Yeah, I mean, in the long game... DC's going to win. They have the better characters. They have the better villains. There's no doubt about it. DC will win. Um, (laughs) It's just how long is it going to take them? And I think it's going to be a very long time because right now they're continuing on a train that is going to crash, and it has crashed, uh, and it will continue to crash. Yes, Wonder Woman was decent, uh, but that's just because it's standing in a pile of crap. Um, like you said, I actually thought Man of, Man of Steel wasn't that bad. I think I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, which is pretty decent. I mean, some things I really liked. But yeah, Batman vs. Superman was god-awful. I mean, so bad. horrendous. Yeah. Like, how could you possibly allow that to be the finished project or product? Um, Martha. Th- Why did you say Martha? I mean, I mean, the choreography alone, at least that should have been decent. And yeah. it was not. The like, only good part was uh, Wonder Woman, five minutes of uh, of Yeah. Time. I mean, and then I, I do agree. I, I I think Justice League is going to be a epic fail. Like, it's just going to be bad. It looks like Power Rangers. <laughs> but, I mean, there's some news. Like, you have, uh, supposedly they're going to make a Joker vs. Harley Quinn movie. Um I don't like this version of the Joker, uh, but there's a possibility it could be good. Harley Quinn is great. Um, 
They're making a, a Batman standalone with Matt Reeves, director of Dawn and War for the Planet of the Apes. Okay. I think that, that could be promising. That, that could be really promising. Possibly Ben Affleck might leave the position. Um, I actually thought he was decent, but I wouldn't be upset if he left. Yeah, I mean, I, he's doing a lot better than everyone thought he would. Yeah. It's just that he's not, he doesn't have anything to work with. Exactly, like, yeah. I mean, he has nothing to work with, and yet he's making it decent. He's pulling a Tom Cruise here. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think it looks good for the near future. No, certainly not. Certainly Which I'm very depressed about. <laughs> very. Yeah, I mean, I'm. it upsets me too. I, I actually would tend to agree that DC has better villains overall than Marvel. And do you know what's crazy is that I don't know how much you watch of the animated um, comics, um, but DC is winning in that. I mean, uh, Batman still is just like dominating the animation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially cause... with Mark Hamill coming back to do a lot of the voice acting for the Joker again. The, it's just great. The writing is still really, really strong for the animated series. Um, they do those movies, right? The feature-length yeah. animated movies seem to do pretty yeah. well. So Exactly because of how well uh, the shows are being received and how well the writing is, they can do these, you know, these animated films that they can put in theaters. I mean, they put uh, um, Killing Joke in theaters. Like, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, that's true. I do think, like... Batman has the best villains, rogues gallery of any uh, superhero yeah, of all yeah. time. But Spider-Man has really good villains as well. Yes. And as far it, as Marvel I, goes, anyway. Yes, yeah. I'm better than anyone else in Marvel. Yeah. So I think that's like even as big as getting Spider-Man back Besides, in the MCU. I mean, X-Men. X-Men, though. I mean, sure, X-Men has sure. the best well, I think Spider-Man has better. Just yeah, well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was just trying to say that as awesome and big as it is to get Spider-Man into the MCU, I think it might be even bigger to maybe grab some of those villains because they need like some bigger name villains, I think, coming up soon. You, yeah, yeah. And they're never going to get the X-Men from Fox, so... No, because I mean they're making they're making bank off of them. They don't need to. Yeah, to they sell. might they might get Fantastic Four eventually, but yeah, we'll see. All right, my final point is maybe you can humor me. I just wanted to go over the Emmy nominations that came out last week. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, in best drama series, the nominees are Better Call Saul, The Crown. The Handmaid's Tale, House of Cards, Stranger Things, This Is Us, and Westworld. Anything okay. stand out for you here? Yes. I mean, so House of Cards did a fantastic job. Uh, they should be nominated every year, and that's great that Netflix original series are being nominated. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, I've only seen two episodes, and that's because I kind of actually – I felt it so good that I'm going to wait till the whole series is done so I can binge watch every episode in five years. Um, it was really, really good. <laughs> it's really uh, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at least the first two episodes. I don't know how the rest of the season went. It holds uh, up. 
it's pretty good the whole way. Uh, well, uh, Westworld, I heard such great things. It's awesome. I haven't watched it. Um, I watched the first 10 minutes and thought, like, wow, this is going to be fantastic. And I've used that word a million times in this podcast <laughs> and last one, so I'm very sorry. No, um, it's your it's your catchphrase. Uh, Westworld, you will love Westworld. It's really I, I think so, especially Anthony Hopkins. Like, come on. And um, also the other guy. Um, shoot. Keep talking. I'll get his name. Okay. Um, and then what was the uh, – what were some of the other ones you said? I, I don't remember. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. So the crown. that has to be the biggest surprise in terms of when it came out. This is what season two or season three? Season three, right? Um, yeah. I and mean, when you when it first came out, I mean, everyone had to have thought this is going to be crap. Wow! Oh my gosh! The first season is so great. The second season is so incredible. Even better. I, I have not seen the third season. Even better um, than the second. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I to be honest, it almost might rival Breaking Bad because it goes in a completely different way, at least for the first two seasons. It's like it's so different. It's so well made, so well written. And it's not like it, it doesn't need the action. It doesn't need the uh, huge amount of suspense and the cliffhangers and it's just it's great writing great acting um great directing yeah it's it's what every show should be like yeah it's almost like uh filmic in its quality yes yeah yep it's i don't think at least not yet it's not touching breaking bad for me yet but it's certainly really really good i think about it's probably how big of a surprise it was to me. I thought it was going to be a crap spinoff that will last five episodes and then be canceled. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's superior television. Uh, by the way, Jeffrey Wright and Ed Harris were the other two guys I was thinking about for Westworld. Oh, okay. And uh, do you think Stranger Things deserves to be nominated? No. No, no. What... What is the craze about? Why is there a sequel or a second season? Uh, I don't get it. Yeah, it was decent. I mean, I enjoyed it. Sure. Um, I watched it when the hype was out and thought the first couple of episodes, I, I really liked the look of the, the, the show more than anything um, and the, the attention to detail. But the plot itself is like, ah, all right. Um and where the plot takes you is just like, hey, who cares? Come on. I mean, the opening scene of them playing Dungeons and Dragons is fantastic since I, I play every week. And so it's just like it's nice to see that on television. Uh, but no, it should not be nominated for an Emmy. Yeah, I tend to agree. We liked it. We thought it was pretty good. Over time, it didn't like it doesn't stick in my mind. It was like uh, I liked it that week and then never really thought about it. Yeah. So why didn't um, oh, the movie about them up in North Dakota uh, or the show? Why can't I think of it? one of the greatest films of all time? They made a television show about it. Coen Brothers. Twin Peaks. Fargo. Fargo. Why didn't Fargo get nominated? Fargo got nominated for best miniseries. Oh, or okay. limited series. Yeah. So it's so, not considered. It's not because each season is a completely different storyline. So. 
That oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But what is a travesty, a Travis sham mockery, if you will, is that The Leftovers did not get nominated. The best television series of all time gets snubbed in its third and final season. Also, 13 Reasons Why, I thought, would have been a better choice than Stranger Things here. Um, but I do like that four of the seven nominees are uh, from streaming services. Uh, three for Netflix, one for Hulu. If I had a vote, I think I'd go Westworld, actually. Uh, really? Narrowly over Better Call Saul. And I wouldn't mm. be surprised if The Handmaid's Tale won, actually, because that's, that's a really good show as well. Oh, yeah. It was really good. At least, like I said, the first two episodes were so good that it made me want to wait five years to watch it all at once. Yeah. And very – the only other shows that have ever done that, I have always been perfectly accurate with them. Uh, I did it with Breaking Bad. That was probably one of the first shows that I decided – I watched the first episode and said, nope, I will wait. I will wait a decade if I have to <laughs> to watch it all in you know two days span. Yeah. Um, and and – uh, the Walking Dead was another one I remember. Oh yeah, don't worry about that one. Mm, well, <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. I only watched the first episode of that, and man, the first Oof. episode is the best episode of the entire series. Really? Yeah. But I try to say. So, what are the le- what's the leftovers? Two uh, percent of the population disappears. Uh, depression ensues. Okay, and you think it's that amazing? Yes. It's the best show ever made. Just like Catastrophe? No, it's way better. It's, I've said it on Twitter that the first season, it takes time. It's like if if uh, The Leftovers was going out for a run. It starts off at a slow jog, slowly picks up pace. Halfway through season one, it finds its stride, starts picking up speed. Season two is just a full-on sprint. The best season of television, in my opinion, of all time. And then the third season is a victory lap where they nailed it perfectly. And uh, it's the last season? Yep. It's only 28 episodes. Well, then I will go watch it. All right. Don't uh, be discouraged. The first five episodes or so, while I still think are really good, it doesn't really start getting great until the, the second half of season one. All right. But uh, comedy series. Let's go to that next. I don't watch as much comedy shows as I do drama, but there's still some stuff here. You got Atlanta, uh, Blackish, Master of None, Modern Family, of course, Silicon Valley, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Veep. Thoughts? All right. So I actually I don't really watch any comedy shows anymore. Uh, I did watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt only because I watched the first season and I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm really surprised it's nominated for an Emmy only because it's so hit or miss. There are certain moments that will make you laugh very hard and then it's done for about another like hour and then you'll laugh again and then an hour worth of, of the show you won't. like. It's It's really hit or miss, so that's surprising. Yeah, I watched two or three episodes of the first season and thought, like you said, it was hit or miss, so I just didn't continue. But, I, I mean, it was definitely had its moments. Um, Modern Family is one of those shows I've watched four episodes, and I have cried almost every time. 
And so I'm waiting for it to all be done so I can binge watch that. <laughs> um, so I'm not surprised they're on there. They're, and I know, yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's because of how popular it is. And I, I don't like when it get when a when something happens like that where a show or a book or a movie becomes so popular that then people start to dislike it just because it's popular. It's possible. I, like I told you the last episode, I, first season is amazing. I think it's hilarious, especially for a network sitcom. And then uh, it it's still funny, but it just it loses its steam, in my opinion. I stopped watching in the third. Uh, the only two of these that I've seen are Atlanta and Master, which you love, right? Master of None, which I love both of them. It's actually hard to choose between, but I, I think season two of Master of None is really? a little bit better than the first season of Atlanta, which is fantastic in its own right. See, I watched a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Master of None, and I just was like, eh, I, I think I've got enough of him from... Uh, Aziz Ansari from uh, Parks and Rec. It's possible. I mean, like I said, I watched the first five episodes of season one of Master of None when it came out, and I stopped watching the show. Came back two years later, watched the second half of season one and all of season two, and loved every minute of it. So I don't, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the acting categories uh last thing i would like to see is a limited series we got fargo we got big little lies feud and the night of and genius which is uh, i've never heard of national geographic but i watched the other four have you seen any of these i have not i don't watch much television anymore except for older shows to catch up on yeah i'm a big fan of these limited series like uh you know, like all these shows. I just like this trend where it's a season of television is completely standalone, you know, just telling one story, and then next time they come back, they tell a different story. I like what both about, styles. Okay. But, I was going to say, is it surprising True Detective is not on there? Well, it didn't have a, a season in the in the Oh, past it didn't? Year. No. Why is that? Is it done? No, they're coming back with season three, but they took two years off. Because the second season was nowhere near as good as the first. And now, the other question is, do, you, do they look at shows from, like, the BBC at all or no? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not as into the Emmys as I am with the Oscars. I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Okay. But as far as these limited series go, the four that I've seen, I liked all of them. I'd probably put Feud... Last, not because it's bad, just because the other ones are better. Fargo season three would probably be next. It was a big disappointment after great first two seasons. The Night of was a really good HBO series, but not quite as good as my pick. Big Little Lies, I think, is the best of this bunch, which is a little surprising based off of um, the synopsis. Like uh, going into it, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. What's the idea of it? Uh, it's basically like a rich, small rich town in California where Shailene Woodley and her son move in. She's like one of the younger people. She's new to the town and there's all this drama between all these, you know, housewives, single housewives and, and, uh, not single housewives, um, 
just housewives. I guess you know they they're rich, so they don't need to work, or at least most of them. So, but basically, it's just the drama that that is already in between them all. You got Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, uh, the other actress I can't remember her name off the top of my head, and and she comes in and just adds a whole other element to the to the drama. And there's a murder that you've see find out about in the first episode but you don't know who was murdered and who killed them and the whole show kind of leads up to that Hmm. which is yeah it does not sound interesting yeah like that is the least interesting part of it is the murder like it's even predictable in a way but it's just so well done the acting is incredible uh it's just uh, execution wise it it's the best of that bunch to me but that's uh, that's all. Okay. So yeah, that was our final or last point, and uh, of. of the episode. And we'll be back next week with a review of Kong Skull Island. Don't yeah. Know, don't know what the top five is going to be, but monkey movies. <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be. What's uh, the uh, the what Big Joe or something or Little Big Joe? Or... Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that? Or uh, little Joe Young or Big Joe Young? Yeah, wow. yeah, little Joe Young, Big Joe, yeah, something like that. Yeah, never seen it, but uh, you haven't? No, no. Uh, what about the one with Clint Eastwood in the orangutan? Clint Eastwood in the orangutan? What? Yeah, there's two of those movies. Oh, oh, maybe we could do. Um, Mighty that, Joe Young, that's what Mighty it was. Joe Young. We could do top five uh, movies with animals as main characters. Okay, that would work. Could be good. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at The Oil Report. Follow the podcast on Twitter at The Red Box Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes and YouTube. And until next week. As always. Have a great day. <laughs> yes.